This is scary news for commuters, whether you're commuting on a train or you're driving on the 400 series highway. The engineer of a commuter train that slammed into a station going double the uh, speed limit, killing a woman and injuring 100 others at the end of September in uh, Hoboken, New Jersey, uh, suffered from sleep apnea that had gone undiagnosed. This is according to something his lawyer said on Wednesday. And uh, usually they test their drivers to find out if they have sleep uh, apnea, but somehow he fell through the cracks. And we are joined now on the line by Dr. Bolos, Dr. Mark Bolos, who is a sleep neurologist, Bulos, sorry, who's a sleep neurologist at the Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center. Welcome, Dr. Bulos. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. Sleep apnea. Uh, what is that? Yeah, that's when people, they stop breathing in their sleep. So you can imagine, you know, you're sleeping at night and uh, your significant other who's sleeping beside you sort of takes your neck and grabs you and, you know, sort of chokes you multiple, multiple times over the night and you stop breathing many, many, many times. So that's basically the body closing its airway on itself and it repetitively and transiently stops, you know, flow of oxygen to the body and to the brain. How does it do that? Is that something that happens in your esophagus? Yeah, that's right. It happens in the upper airway, and basically the airway mechanically obstructs, uh, and that's what causes so many important changes, you know, uh, just as you're going to get to here. Is this something that, that's hereditary? It can be, because, you know, you know, you're going to look kind of like your parents looked. So it, there aren't really any specific genes per se, but it's more of, uh, but, you know, it's more of something that we, we tend to same, share the same sort of body types, the same body shape as our parents did. So in that way, it could be sort of a, a you know, a somewhat genetic way, but it, there isn't any direct gene. Are certain body types more prone to having uh, sleep apnea? Yeah, for sure. So obesity is one of the major, you know, major risk factors for obesity. But even in some cultures like uh, Asian populations, even their airways may be narrow without actually being quite so obese. So it's different, you know, different nationalities have different, you know, different risk factors, but certainly obesity is a really important factor for this. Are men more prone to it than women? They are. You've got it right on. That's right. Men are. Uh, they are. How many uh, people are diagnosed with sleep, sleep apnea a year? You know, it depends on who, how you define the definition, uh, but it's, it's a sizable number, and it often will go, it will go uh, undetected in large numbers of patients. So, you know, it, again, if you use a really, really, really strict, um, really strict definition, you might only get 5 to 10% of the population, but it could be a lot higher of an incidence if you're using, you know, a looser definition for sleep apnea. You know, I got this, uh, I said that you were going to be coming on the show earlier on, uh, and I got this email from Stephen, who's obviously listening to the program. He said he, ha he has sleep apnea. He didn't realize it. It was undiagnosed, uh, but he couldn't remember his dreams. Yeah, so that's a really interesting point that he mentions. Sleep apnea, you can imagine if you stop breathing in your sleep, you're going to disrupt your sleep. So normal sleep is you go through all the different stages, including REM sleep, REM sleep is where we typically dream. But if you have sleep apnea, then even though you're sleeping through the night, your sleep is getting transiently disrupted. You can never actually reach the REM sleep. And so one of the, uh, one of the signs could be, you know, that you never really quite dream. That's not the main sign, but that could be one of them. It's a sign of disrupted sleep, though. So we heard about this uh, engineer with that, you know, who's driving the commuter train in that terrible accident. Yeah. He was walking around with a se severe sleep apnea that had been, been undiagnosed. What are the other telltale signs? Because I'm sure people are listening right now and they're thinking, well, what, what should I be looking for with, with regards to myself? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. So 
feeling really tired during the day. You know, you get a full seven or eight hours of sleep, but you're still not so rested quite as much as you were when you were perhaps when you were younger. Uh, snoring. Sometimes people will note that their partner in bed is stopping breathing in their sleep. Sometimes in really severe cases, people are going to wake up with headaches in the morning. Mm. And that's because carbon dioxide can actually build up in your, in your brain uh, as, as, the, as the body stops breathing. So You're not exhaling. Sleep. That's exactly it. So you get the buildup of carbon dioxide, and it really, you know, it's, really, it's really quite painful to wake up with headaches. Mm. And then a lot of times, um, you know, something that occurs is that one will wake up many, many times to use the washroom. Now, many, many men will attribute that to their prostate, mm-hmm. but in fact, that could be a sign of sleep apnea as well, needing to use the washroom very frequently. Really? How would that be connected to uh, the throat? Just like you're, oh, I'm waking up, my body must mean I have to go to the washroom? Is... Exactly. You've got it right now. So basically, sort of, you get alerted. It's like, uh-oh, okay. so the body knows there's a problem, right, because it stopped breathing, and then you All think, right. well, every time I wake up, it's usually I need to go pee. You go go use the washroom, and in fact, there really not that much comes out, and you go back, and it happens again if you know, or so later. You know, I'm looking at Stephen's email uh, who sent me this uh, about him being diagnosed uh, with sleep apnea. And he said, you know, after I got the CPAP machine, I can now remember my dreams actually achieving REM, uh, REM sleep, REM sleep, and I would stop breathing almost 100 times an hour. He also says wow. he has normal blood pressure again. Nowhere near those headaches that I wow. used to, like you're talking about. So how do we, if you suspect you might have sleep diagno- uh, apnea, where do you go to get diagnosed? Yeah, the best thing is to see your family doctor. They can refer you to a sleep specialist. There's mm-hmm. many, you know, many sleep specialists across the city. And uh, then after that, you would normally undergo a sleep study. So that's where you'd come into a lab. They'd put some wires on your head, some bands on your, on your, um, you know, on your chest, sometimes on the legs and arms and so on. And we can actually get a pretty good look of your sleep and make a diagnosis of sleep apnea or other sleep conditions that could disrupt your sleep. And just as Stephen really is, is a great, great example, you know, treatment of sleep apnea, which we can talk about in a second, really has implications for blood pressure, for rest during the day, for sleeping. Even it's thought that treatment of sleep apnea can improve memory and cognition and so on. So there's lots of benefits to getting this issue. Not well. to mention the fact that you're you're driving a car or, you know, you could be, you know, handling the lives of others with whatever you do. It's important that you uh, look for the warning signs and get diagnosed. Dr. Bolobos, I would love, or Bolos, I would love to talk to you further, except I've run out of time. <laughs> Thank you so much.